Welcome back to another episode of the Rip Thrill Podcast, episode 20. It's a big episode today. Uh, it's also a public holiday here in Brisbane. It's Eka Day. Um, that's, a, that's pretty much a uh, carnival up here. It's, um, it carries a lot of sickness. A lot of people get sick on this day, don't they? Yeah, I heard. I heard and to be honest, I forgot it was Eka because obviously I'm Gold Coast, so we don't get it today. And I was making good time here, so we're you actually were doing this a lot early, earlier than we uh, than we usually do it. So I appreciate you letting me in a bit earlier. But I uh, I was wondering why I wasn't getting any. Got traffic. the six thirty text message saying, "What coffee do you want?" And I was thinking, um, "I hope you're not this close because I'm still in bed." So um, it is a public holiday, but you found a you found a cafe sixty three. Thank you for um, being open today. Appreciate that. Um, we've got a big episode coming up. We got we will talk about the farewell games. Yes or no? Um, Crips one hundredth this weekend. I thought. He should get a shout out and uh, contract negotiations and how that goes uh, this time of the year. So yeah, plenty to talk about. So where, to talk where, about. where do we start? We'll start with the Gold Coast game, mate. Um, you would have been a bit this two week, this two week block. You would have you've got a bit of a bias side, but you've also got a hard hard bone, like bone to pick with us because um, we're playing your three your three of three of your teams been playing each other. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, obviously, Suns and. Uh, lines on the weekend because he worked um, it. So if, if you just tuned in, this is your first episode. Um, Sean used to work at the Gold Coast Suns. He was a media manager for six years. So he obviously left there and followed his boy Gary Abbott to uh, Geelong. So he's jumped on that bandwagon, and then uh, we've met, and now he's a Lions supporter. So yeah, I'm, I'm everyone. I've got memberships everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> there should be like a three bandwagon membership for. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess the Suns wouldn't have been really bandwagon, but so just because you worked there, but. One hundred percent. No, well, I, I um. How'd you go? Because the game was uh, you were coming up to you're bringing Sally Pearson with you to the Gold Coast game. Yeah, so Sally came with me. So obviously a big week for her. Um, shout out to Sally. Doesn't shout miss an Sally. episode. She never. Missed this episode uh big week last week decorated olympic champion decided to to call time on her career so i decided to bring her along to the game yeah. well, what else you do you i know? saw her on the couch on the on the gabba ground getting interviewed and i thought oh, she better be pumping me up yeah well she did no i think she got asked who her favorite player was and i think she mentioned maybe through my doing that number five from yeah. brisbane is a good player thanks sally yeah so she came we had a good time but um i suppose like sally we were a bit conflicted but uh you were you- treated like a high roller is it correct uh, we were in the chairman's circle, uh, which was a very, very nice match whoa, day experience, whoa, whoa, I'll whoa. have you know. Yeah. Is, that, is that via the through a podcast uh, connections? Uh, I was not? telling everyone it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True or false? Did you text me game day morning saying, if I don't get recognised today, I'm never coming back to the Gabba? That would be <laughs> true, which I was gutted. Granted, I wasn't expecting that. I probably wasn't going to see as many punters as I was expecting in the uh, chairman's circle, but that's okay. I, sh- I should have put out a like a I don't know like an Instagram story or a Twitter tweet or something like that just to say if you see this man, say hello. We should have put a treasure hunt out <laughs> you there. You got to so get a t-shirt. You got to make a t-shirt up so people know. know. Oh, that's Sean. What's up, Sean? I couldn't believe it. I wanted one selfie. I didn't get it. <laughs> Sally got asked for a few photos. That was that. I'm glad one and of you us. T- you got took recognized. him for her. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad one of us got recognised. I was hoping uh, some, someone would go to Sally and say, "Could you take a photo?" Uh, and then give her the phone. Yeah, and, expecting and it to be like, okay. But that's okay. We didn't At get At least through. it was two wins on the day. Uh, us and Sally got a good win. Absolutely. So how, how did you find it? We are talking on Sunday. Like, how did you see the game? Because, uh, look, I'll be honest, I probably wasn't expecting that as yeah. a result. And, you know, I'm a bit conflicted. So I was a bit upset. Happy for you, of course, but I was yeah. a little bit upset. Yeah. Um, how did you see the game? Yeah, so I didn't expect it to be uh, that much of a win. Um, yes, we thought um, if we put the things in place in the first half that we'd you know, be able to run over them um, towards the end of the game. But um, the, we thought it was going to be a bit of a danger game, similar to the Blues one that we had um, earlier in the year that, that kind of shaped our season. Um, 
Yeah, but we, we came out, we had a really good game plan. Um, we expected Took to go to someone. Um, I thought we handled it really well. The, the players, we during the week, we all did our homework because we've got like a lot of new players coming in. So we had to um, kind of um, cover our cover all bases and kind of look at who was coming in and what they do. So um, it was a really good game for us. As I said, we didn't expect to win by 90 points. We thought it was going to be a real grind. And as it was in the first um, half, they credit to them, they, they came out with a with a um, good attitude. They really wanted to put it to us and um, we just held, them on, held on and second half we kind of got away from them. So um, ended up being a good percentage booster for us uh, for the point end of the season. Yeah, and you guys did need it. I mean, we spoke about yeah. it off air last week that, you know, if you if there was ever a game that you wanted the percentage, yeah. it, it was this one. Yeah. Do you see any similarities to where Gold Coast is to where Brisbane was, you know, some years ago when you were really trying to, to build as a success as a successful football club? Yeah. Um, the percentage thing we'd never really played in our minds. Like probably internally, we were thinking like in our own like personal heads that we were thinking that it was going to be um, if we could get a win, we'd love to win by a lot. But um, I think in the in the Colton game, we kind of. Went away from our process after halftime because we're up by forty points. We thought, yeah, we'll, you know, if we just put the f- like foot on the pedal to the metal, we might be able to get a good percentage booster. And that's the kind of we went away from what works for us. So this week we were thinking like, let's get all the process done right. And this is straight bad and our cliches, but really wanted to kind of um, just do all the basics well and start practicing for the next week as well, like in game. So once we got to the halftime, we had a bit of a lead. We were thinking, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's keep playing what we do right um, and all that kind of stuff. So. That kind of worked well for us and, and no one really got ahead of themselves and tried to play that pretty footy. We just did what we need to do. But in terms of do we see similarities, yeah, definitely. Um, a couple of years ago, we are getting beaten by those margins and um, it doesn't really reflect where you're at as a club. Obviously, they've got some injuries and um, they've had a bit of a tough time this year, but they should be really proud of their first half of the year. They were really competitive. They won like a handful of games. Um, so... I wouldn't, it's not all doom and gloom down there. Yes, it's a big loss, uh, 90 point loss, but um, they'll be able to find some positives out of that and they'll find some players. And that's obviously going to be a big, big trade period for them they're coming up. So um, I'll be watching that space to see. You know, there's a couple of people linked there, like Eddie Betts and stuff. So it'll be pretty cool to see what happens in trade period. Eight in a row. Um, yeah. Big, big last two months really yeah, when yeah. you look at it. And we're still sticking to the process. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Which is, which is all, it's all well and good. But, Two really big games coming up in, in yeah. Geelong um, and Richmond yeah. uh, next week. And um, I'm gutted that I can't be there this weekend because, unfortunately, I decided Just to... Just go on New Zealand, you're right. ...to, to book New Zealand's for Timing, a, for a man. Timing. I know. I know. I did, not, I did not plan this out well. So I am away for the weekend. Yeah. But um, going to the Wallabies game, actually. Oh, uh, no. You, yeah. you go, mate. I'm, we're, yeah. we're busy playing Geelong uh, at home in front of a sold-out crowd. So you, yeah. just, you go do what you got to do. No, sorry. It worked calls, <laughs> so I'll have to head down that way. But... Uh, Two really big wins. So I mean, so two really big games. So how do you how do you view the next two weeks? Because the last eight weeks you've you've done fantastically well as a team. Yeah. So I'm sure of sticking towards this process, but you're probably going to find yourselves playing opposition teams now that are really on your level. Yeah. Um, you know, in a top four sense. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking at the next two weeks as a real excitement period for us. Um, obviously, we've we've won eight in a row. We've travelled all over Australia to get those wins. Um, Won some good games at home, beaten some really top opposition as well. But um, obviously Geelong are on top of the ladder, so we're looking forward to that game to see where we're at. Um, win, lose or draw, we just want to see how we go um, against you know a top four team, especially coming to the finals um, time now. So I'm really looking forward to it, and we are as a club. So we're obviously doing our homework. We had the Opera preview uh, yesterday, um, and we think we've got they've got some absolute gun talent all over the field and. 
we think that uh, we match up well against them. So we're looking really forward to the, the Geelong game. And obviously we've got Richmond next week. We'll, we'll talk about that and focus on that after Geelong. But this next two weeks is big for us. We get to see how our footy stacks up in a finals-like um, atmosphere. Um, it's going to be a contested brand of footy for the next two weeks. And um, we really want to get two wins. Like, we're not dancing around that fact that we would love to finish really high on the ladder and give ourselves every opportunity in the finals. So we're, gonna, we're not going to be trying to save ourselves or uh, worry about injury or energy and stuff like that. We're going to be giving it at all. So um, personally, I'm really excited. And I'd rather have this than play against two lower opposition and finish higher. So I'd rather the opportunity to play against the best in, best in the league right now and see where we're at so we can go to, go back to the drawing board if we lose or if we win and look what works well for us and what doesn't. So um, I'm, I'm so excited for Geelong this week. Yeah, I, I can't wait. I, yeah, I will, be, I will still game. be watching it, although I can't make it there. And speaking of gun talent on teams, all Australian. Now, there's starting to be some serious yeah, talk around. Yeah, a little around. bit of chatter. Yeah, there's starting to be some chatter around the squad. And, and mm. I know that's going to get announced very soon. Um, have you given it some thought in terms of, I suppose, the locks that you probably see yeah, okay. come into that team? Um, like these accolades, we don't actually talk about too much. Like you, you see it because it's starting to get talked about a lot on uh, media and uh, um, in newspapers, like who's potentially going to be in the squad and the team. But obviously for me in our team, there's there's probably three three locks close to four, which would be like Lockie Neal, he would be on there somewhere. Like you can't not have him in. He's, the, what, the way he's going to be his footy this year and come over from Frio to do what he's been doing at a club that finished bottom two last year. Bottom two? Bottom two last year, maybe yep. bottom four. Um, is exceptional and I know what the work he does behind the scenes so it makes it I guess a little bit of bias and I know what other people don't know oh, so look, he might win the brown line. exactly so he's definitely in there um, I've got Charlie Cameron obviously he's kicked like 40 something goals um, his next best was 29 I think at Adelaide so he's really flourished in his role especially last couple of weeks I think he's kicked like 10 goals so I, I know that um, making that would be not on his radar like he wouldn't be like, oh, I really want to make all Australian, but as a small forward, he's done everything he possibly can to make that position his, and um, he's a genuine excitement machine. Wins games for us off his own boots, so um, he's absolutely gone. And then you got like Zorko Hsu, um, who kind of will be in the definitely be in the squad. Just depends whether whether AFLC because you don't know people who do the committee. You don't, you don't know where they're going to put him on the ground if they're going to put um, midfielders like genuine on balls on the wings where Hughie's ranked number one in the AFL for his wing position. So you don't know if there's going to be have that little sympathy spot um, on those wings and give them mm. to middies that they can't put into the actual on-ball brigade. So, yeah. and, and Zorko would, would find himself in the midfield. If Zorko, I he's mean, he's pressure, like it's number one in the AFL. And you mm. can see, like, we talked about when we were playing against the Bulldogs, we took him off in the third quarter just to precautionary um, precautions about his hamstring. And, like, the pressure in our team went down dramatically. So it's, mm. it's no... No dance around the fact that he's a superstar in that position. So, nah, um, I'll put him in there. Yeah, absolutely. And... What about yourself? I mean, I know, I know Harris Andrews. I'm trying to be was, humble here, man. Come I mean, on, man. And, and I know Harris, uh, you know, gave us that line of not putting himself <laughs> in the um, in, in the uh, in the all, in the 22 under 22 team. But mate, he he's probably you know the the fullback or centre halfback. I mean, yeah. he, he has to full oh, key post. Oh shit! I kind of forgot. How, yeah, yeah I mean, honestly, yeah, I'd put him in there 100. Yeah. yeah. So he, he's another one. He's that, a lock for me. Yeah, he's a lock for me. I don't mm. even think about it. I just wrote down who. Off of, I don't even think about mm. the big uh, Harris Andrews. Yeah, he's in there for sure as well. Yeah. So there's close to three, four players that should be a lock. Um, Harris Andrews. He plays on the best defender every week. Mm. Does his job. He's innocent. Marking's going to another level this year. So I'd definitely chuck him in there. Yeah, absolutely. But humble yourself a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. you never know. I've. I've Tried my hardest this year, new position, loving it. But um, if I made the squad, that'd be the amazing thing for me. I'd be so happy with that. Like, I'm yeah. no chance to make the All Australian. But if I was in the squad, I'd um, go back to the Lions and ask for a new contract. Oh, mate, the people <laughs> power. We'll, we'll be tearing that up. People power will come in. Be and, ripping uh, through that. Be like, 
Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No way at all. The talk around Charlie's been interesting. Yeah. Um, just in terms of comparisons. And I know there's oh. a, I know there's a, 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 a brilliant player at Hawthorne, well, formerly at Hawthorne, yeah. um, that he's been drawing some some serious comparisons to. And I know that hasn't gone well with you. Uh, well, I don't know. Obviously, um, after, after the game on the weekend, he's kicked six goals and... Fags has said, you know, he had the pleasure of watching Cyril Rioli at Hawthorne for so long, and now he gets to watch um, Charlie Cameron in his prime at, at the Lions. And then immediately the media have just jumped on the saying, like, the, the comparisons. Comparisons annoy me a lot, um, especially this one. Like, Charlie and Cyril, like, I've seen them both up close. They're, they're totally different players. Um, mm. And it's not like saying, oh, it's a blight on Charlie being linked to him. That's amazing. Like, I would love to be pumped up like that. But they're completely different players. Um I'd say Charlie is like more uh, athletic and more aggressive in his in his running style and the way he attacks the ball and that kind of stuff. Like Cyril is amazing um, in so many areas and, and he's his genuine talent. Um, but they're just completely different players to me. I, I don't know. It just it just annoys me that they always compare like new players coming in, like especially Indigenous small forwards. Like oh he's like Cyril like straight away like they just throw that out there like a throwaway line. Yeah. Like I, I don't like that. I was like Charlie Cameron is Charlie Cameron. I, I don't you don't need to compare him. Like they're probably doing the same things, but. They're just completely different players. Uh, Charlie's athleticism is what separates uh, him yeah. from me. And Cyril can take speckies and do all that stuff, but Cyril's more known for his agility and making something out of nothing. Um, Charlie, if he's getting a foot race, you're done. You're done yeah. and dusted. You know it's you know, you know yeah. coming. Yeah. yeah, I'm never playing in front of him. No way. So, um, yeah, they're different players. I, I, I like that everyone thinks he's that good. Like, that's a, it's a pat in the back. But I mm. think just give Charlie praise for who Charlie is, not um, comparing him to other players. Yeah, absolutely. Sticking with the theme of Hawthorne now, a champion on and off the field uh, has has called time on, on his career. Yeah. And um, I think common sense has prevailed I'm here with, with Jared Ruffhead. Yeah. Well, I'll, be, I'll watch the press conference and oh, stuff. He's got some milk all over him now. Oh, we do that one again. <laughs> no, no, I can, I can start. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad common sense prevailed on this one. Um, I don't think it was ever, ever really questioned if it was going to happen or not. Uh, big Jared Ruffey gets his send off game. I think, I think it should be compulsory for champions of the game to get a send off, regardless where you're on the ladder. Um, and in saying that, yeah, they're, they're still in the finals hunt. And but this, this game, him coming in could, <clears throat> they could really um, drive him around the group and and. Let make them find something they don't have, like type thing in, like inside you. Like you want to play well for the guy that's about to retire, um, and he's done so much. He's been through so much, and I watched their press, watched the press conference, and I don't think it was ever going to be not not on the cards. So behind clo- behind closed doors, I think it was always conversation there, like yeah, you'll get it. We just got to wait to see which game it is and that kind of stuff. But in the media, it's kind of like, oh, is he going to get it? Is there friction between them? All this kind of stuff. So um, I think it was always going to happen. It was just a matter of time when they're going to um, announce it. Yeah, I, I just think common sense prevailed. I mean, it has to be, man. Yeah, I mean, you you have to. I, I understand if um, there's serious finals implications. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, in terms of where you know your positions may, may yeah. finish, but given where the club's currently at and, and yeah. where they're expected to finish, I, I think I think it's actually a way to to build culture because it is. you know you're showing the other forty three players in the locker rooms we celebrate our champions, yeah. and, and this weekend we're going to do exactly that. We got to celebrate champions in this game because. It's harder to harder to keep getting those three hundred game plays and you know four premierships and he's been through anything and everything. But I think we need to go about the right way and give them a send off game. Um, what that looks like, as you said, it's hard to see um, where the team's at in terms of that. But um, I'm glad that he's got one, and he got Sandlands as well. He'll probably get one as well. He's been injured for a while now and he's coming back from that. So 
Um, it's good to see the greats of the game getting their getting their send off uh, in the right way. So um, I'm very happy for him, and uh, my partner Emma loves him. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's yeah. just as happy. I think him and uh, her and every other AFL fan <laughs> around the country. <laughs> what what legacy does he leave behind? What what legacy does does Ruffy leave? He just from what he from what he's been able to do in the game, and obviously he's been through hell of a lot with the the cancer um, and giving everyone hope that they can go through really tough times like that and still come out and play good footy. Um, but yeah, he's he's been a champion for so long, and um, it was sad to see him start playing VFL this year. But he's he's took it on the chin, and he shows that you know he's there to play a role in this team and um, at the club. So that kind of gives you gives you some um, confidence that if he can do it, I can do it. Type of thing for a lot of people in the, in the locker room. So he's yeah. done he's done so well. Now I hate to ask this question because we're Queensland sure based, sure we're outside Victoria, and I hate when this conversation starts. So I I I really don't like asking this, but. If Aaron Sandlin's played for a Melbourne-based club, would his standing in the game be completely different to, to what it has been given his career at Fremantle? I don't know. I think um, if he, someone asked me that yesterday, yeah. and I, I, I immediately just brushed it off said, no, 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 wait, you can't miss him. Yeah, um, I think for him, because he's in WA and that's a pretty big footy state. Mm. So the stuff that he's been able to do, I think he leads the most hit-outs ever in the game. Um, he's done so much and he's a... Giant, like mm. he put me on my ass one time, like with ease. Oh, really? Yeah, I yeah. put a bit of mayo on it, got a goal out of it, but he just pushed me to the ground like a stack of shit. Like I was like, oh, thanks, man. Um, he he's been able to do so much for the Nat Fives of the world. Like I've, mm. honestly, like without him, Nat Five would have won that Brownlow medal. Yeah, I'm yep. just saying that. Yep. Like that's amazing. Like the way that he puts it down the throat and he changes the game, like with one tap. Yeah, he can do some freaky stuff and he's what 30 something years old now. So yeah. obviously he's, he's winding down a bit now, but in his prime, he was an absolute genuine superstar in the ruck and like he should be he's seven foot something nearly. So mm. um, if he was in a Melbourne based club, he would be bigger in terms of um, his profile, but he, he's been getting the accolades and the, everyone notices him um, just as much as he'd been over there. But if he was in Brisbane or something, it might be a little bit different, Brisbane or Sydney, because they're not footy-based states. But WA, they appreciate the shit out of him. Yeah, Ooh, and, and that's probably why I've refuted it when someone's put it yeah. to me yesterday. Because yeah. I just said, no, I think being W actually enhanced his reputation. Oh, 100%. Because he became such a figure in, in such a strong football market. We used to have to, like, do that much um, coaching and strategize strategies around him like it's mm. it's ridiculous what he was able to do, able to, do to stop each like he just give them players first use and um like neil spoke so highly of him when he spoke recently about him so uh, talking about champions of the game uh, patrick cripps game Cripper. game 100 now you were there a year before he got there is that correct yeah i was there the year he got drafted um and then left the year after yeah so what were your early thoughts um, of him, uh, his first year, I thought um, he's going to be a, he's going to struggle in this game. I thought he was too stop it. I know, I know. I ate my words like literally ate them. Um, first year, I remember him playing a couple of games. I got suspended one game and I sat out and he came in um, at the MCG. He had got the ball in hand. He had a time like miles of space and he just had the ball in his hand for ages and didn't know what to do with it. And then got run down. And I was like, oh no, he's he's pretty slow. His footy IQ wasn't there. Little took a hold after I got delisted that year. Um, got to Brisbane and assumed a tagging role. I was tagging him the year after because he turned the footy world on its head. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what he did that preseason after his first year. I think he went back to WA. He's from country WA and I think um, he really worked on his fitness and stuff. Um, and obviously his game IQ, he um, was doing a bit bit more with Juddy mm. and those types of players. And he just turned into a genuine superstar like – 
his stoppage craft was next level. Um, when I was tagging him, he was powerful, um, hitting the contest at speed and then breaking lines. So mm. oh, from that preseason on, like he's he's just been unstoppable. Yeah, it's um it's been it's been fun to watch his progression this year. It's crazy. Like and he's just this year he won level. that game against us off his own boot. Mm. Like it was crazy. And I watched it firsthand. I was like, this is amazing. So I've tagged him a couple of times. Um, he's a beast. And uh, good on him for 100 games. Like, he's uh, his stats are off the charts. Like, he's just a contested beast. Like, he's genuinely a great player. Yeah, it, it's scary to think what that midfield's going to look like in the coming years if they're Especially able to attract. they're able to get those trades. Yeah, if they're able to attract some of these trades, I mean, they're going to yeah. be a, a pretty strong and pretty strong force. They'll be destination club. Like, they're very big, Colton. Um, and you can see, like, you probably think they're getting a pat on the back for only winning five or something games this year because they haven't really done that much. But... Mm. What they've shown in the, in the back half of the under David Teague is is a whole new looks like a whole new playing list really like you're yeah. seeing players playing on their best potential, um, really kicking some scores as well, pushing teams to the end. So um, they're looking like a destination club. I think their trade targets will probably fall in the lap depending on money wise and all that kind of stuff. But they should have should have a bit of salary cap. Yeah, talking about money and, and salary caps, Brody Grundy. Uh, the, some some reports came out this week from from Channel Seven around. Um, the impasse that's happening between yeah. between Brody and and Collingwood. Um, interesting in in this sense, money's not the issue. It's no. the the length of the contract. I mean, there's reports that that Grundy's after six seven years, and and the club's offering closer to to three. As, as a player, and I mean, you, you obviously have have dealt with this before as well. How difficult is that when obviously there is such a gap between your expectations as mm. a player and, and obviously where the club sees, um, you know, where you fit into their long-term plans. I don't think I, I haven't been in this kind of scenario where you've had this X amount of years on the table. Um, and a lot of the discussion around him is obviously media driven. Um, and then that's where you kind of get your market-based value from. You're seeing what the media talks about. Yeah. You give him five to six years, seven years. He's the best ruckman in the comp, which he is. And he deserves everything he gets. Um, but you've got to look at it from a club point of view. Um, Ruckman generally um, have their hot hot spots and their their downfalls. And being a big guy, he's 25 now, so 60-year deal would be 31 coming out of contract. Um, will he still have the same potential and will he still be that mil- one point whatever he's going to be player towards mm. the back end of his career? Um, for players, it's all about security. If he can get that at another club, I reckon he would take it because unless like I don't know him or know his situation at all, but... If you get if you can get six years and over a million a year, you're probably going to take it, um, depending on where he wants to go and if he loves Melbourne that much, all that kind of stuff. But I think Collingwood is saying, look, we think we're, we think you're definitely worth this money. Um, for them, they've acquired a lot of players, and I don't know how the salary cap's going, but they would have a pretty tight squeeze in that. I'd I'd say with a with a amount of amazing players that got on their list, so. Um, if they have that heavily front ended, heavily back ended, that's what I think he's probably looking at down those lines. But generally, the Ruckman, you, you, I haven't really seen a Ruckman ever get six or some years. Like you look at Todd Goldstein, who was at the peak of his powers for a couple of years, and he's kind of hit a little bit of a slump. But starting to play good footy again this year. You got Sam Jacobs, who went from Colton to Adelaide, and he he was he went from a second tier Ruckman at Colton to being a genuine All Australian at Adelaide Crows. And mm. this year, he hasn't been able to force his way into the team um, bar the weekend, and um, he's on the trade table, as you see with a lot of our older players. So from 25 to 30, um, that's usually a player's like 26, 27, 28 is when you usually at your peak. And then you kind of, that's when you're meant to die down a little bit and go um, on the back end of your career. But um, I'd throw whatever money you could you have at him to keep him. If it's a three-year deal, three, four-year deal, just 
up the money a little bit if you can. Um, but yeah, players are all about security, and if we can if you can get that at a club that you love and the money, you're going to go for it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, w- yeah. I wouldn't be like I wouldn't be shitty if Colin would go look. Yeah, you can have the money. We just want to do three or four years and then reassess. Like yeah. they'll they'll he'll have contract clauses and triggers in there to say, look, I'm still playing great footy. Um, doing doing what I'm doing now, and if in a few years' time, then let's do another contract on the back of those form those form related um, trigger clauses. So, just I don't know, it's up to him really, but um, he'll get it anywhere else. Yeah, it's um, it's just interesting. You know, we don't find Ruckman in this position. Good on him too, by the way. Yeah. Like, kudos to him. I hope he gets it. I, I hope, hope he gets it too. I hope he gets what he's after because he's uh, he's probably one of the better players in the competition. There's right a few now. players in the comp that are getting some big bucks. I'm like, bloody hell, how? Like yeah. when, I, when I'm doing my contract, the one I just did now, I, I wanted the two year deal. Um, money wasn't the issue um, and didn't get my pockets full or anything, but I was just happy to get two more years up here because I've been through the shit years here. Now we're starting to see mm. some success. So I want to stick around. I'm comfortable here. I've got you know, my kids in school. And there's so many other factors that you've got to take into, into consideration when you're doing these contracts. But obviously, he's young, 25, loves Melvin, he's a bit of a hipster. Mm. Um, and I, I just think he wants that long longevity and wants that um, security down there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another player that's been spoken about heavily is a good friend of ours, uh, Eddie Betts, uh, friend of the show, doesn't yeah. miss an episode. Yeah, it keeps coming on. Yeah, uh, I didn't want to touch on this too much because we actually spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, Stay um, out of the media, man. Don't yeah. make a name for yourself. But there's a lot of reports that a lot of clubs, uh, rightfully so, uh, are really interested in, in his services. If you were Carlton or Gold Coast, who are the two clubs that we're probably yeah. hearing about most often, um, you'd have to go hard, wouldn't you? Yeah, 100% I would. He's got so much left in the tank and I'm biased because that's my boy, but um, he still leads so many factors in what the club's looking for. And I think I think the club that would want him the most want the the fairy tale story, the we got Eddie Betts at our club, they'll sell out games. Um, he brings that crowd. So he's got the X factor and he's got so much more that other players can't offer um, just on field, but more off field as well. Mm. Um, I know personally how hard he works and what he does for the club internally um, and on field as well, obviously. But if I was cold, I'd be pushing really hard to get him down there. Um, yeah. Uh, and it, for me, if I was Eddie, I'd be thinking along the lines of, okay, so if I move next year and go back to the Blues, like it, it's a fairy tale finishing for me going back to the club that I never wanted to leave. But don't forget they didn't offer you what you wanted. But in saying that, if they he has a bad year next year, the Blues go bad next year, be, the media will be ruthless on Eddie. And yeah. does he want that? Um, to finish off his legacy, I'd love him to see. I love him to play out his last year, last contract next year at Adelaide. But in saying that, I don't want to see him playing the sample. Yeah, like that's just as worse. Yeah, like, and I, nothing yeah. wrong with playing in the twos and stuff. But Eddie's a genuine AFL player, and I don't want to see him. Um, finish he off, Jared Ruffhead all over again. Exactly. So I don't want to see that. He offers offers so much to the game, and I want to keep watching him. So I think if I was him, I'd be thinking I want to play twenty two games. I want to be happy. Um, obviously, he's got family in Melbourne. He lived there for his pretty much his whole life. Um, uh, for me, uh, I'd choose the Blues if, if yep. it was an option um, to get traded because Gold Coast, it, m- it might be a tough time next year. Um, they'll win some games, yes, but how much will he contribute to that? And mm. um, But he could definitely set a, he's definitely change and set a culture, which would be great for the Gold Coast going down there and give them a hand with that. But, yeah, I, I want to see, see him finish his career at Adelaide. But um, if that doesn't happen, then I'll go back to Melbourne and play for the Blues. But there might be, like, a little, like I was texting the other day, there might be another team that's uh, sniffing around that we yeah. might, might go to. So Yeah, it'll be really interesting to watch this offseason. There's a fair <sighs> bit going on. Uh, Sean Higgins, All-Australian last year, doesn't currently have a contract offer in front of him. Yeah. Um, I mean, he would become 
highly targeted for, for He'll most get clubs. one. If North, North Melbourne would give him one, they'll, they'll throw a contract at him. They're just like, obviously they've had a, a bit of a changeover in coaches this year. Mm. Um, they're probably going to look at where they sit in terms of their elder players of the club. Um, what's their demographic? What, what are they looking for next year? Can they get trade value for him? Which bloody oath they can. Yeah. He's a genuine state. Only played against him a couple of weeks ago and he's just, he's still moving like he was in his mid-20s. So, um as, as again, like Gold Coast is going to be linked to all these players because they're looking to bring those type of players in that can be immediate impact. Um, for him, he, he would get a contract. Like I saw him dismiss everything that he knocked back one, but he would get one. Like they're not going to not throw one at him, but I reckon they might look for the trade value. Um, uh, you see Geelong. Geelong are linked to everyone. Mate, God I, damn. I, like, I'm Jack Stevens. I saw the other day. There's, uh, there's another one there. Like I know um, they're Jeremy in, Cameron. I know, I know they're a really good club and stuff, but how can they afford it? That's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah, they've got a team of champions. Like, yeah. oh, good luck if they can fit another one in. And, but, and um, there's not yeah. too many people on the way out. So it's not, not really. So they're not, yeah. they're not like they're, they're aging, but they're not getting worse. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know how they're going to fit everyone in their team. So, when the media key throwing these names, just think about uh, salary cap for one um, and their list of the other ones. So, mm. I don't know. Like, yeah, uh, he'll definitely get picked up. Like, he's getting another year regardless next year. just depends where that is. Yeah, awesome. Uh, what else we got? What Speaking about Geelong. Absolutely. Speaking of Wrapping Geelong. Wrapping it up. Yep. So, big, big, big game this week. It is, it is. Uh, you probably – have you guys had your um, opposition – Yeah, we had it yesterday. It? So, we haven't beaten them for – since 2013, I think. So I wasn't even here when we beat them last. And we do play them down at GMHBA. I think that's it. GMHBA. Yeah. So we play them down there uh, pretty much all the time. Um, so it's good to have them come up to our, what do you want to call it? It's the Lions Den. <laughs> it's, and it's good to have them come up to the Lions Den. Yeah. At, uh, and I think it's a sold out game this weekend. So I've had every, my, every Tom, Dick and Harry hit me up for tickets. And we don't get tickets. We only get four from the AFL at the start of the year. So... Stop hitting me up. It, it, it's probably the game of the year. I think so. If I can just it's, say a ga- that. It's, a, it's a game where I think it's going to be, and this is about floating fixture and stuff. Everyone's, everyone's been talking about that. I don't really want to touch on it because I don't care, but um, it's going to be a game where it's, it's season defining um, for us anyway and for them because everyone realistically wants to finish on top or top two at least because mm. it would be great for us, but um, we can't wait to play them. Um, so. Hopefully it's really hot on Saturday at two ten at, at the Gabba, and uh, they'll be sweating the two ten. Yeah, two ten. So hopefully the Gabba, the, the the Queensland sun looks after us because mm. uh, it does get very hot and sweaty and stuff. And it's going to be exciting. I'm really excited, and I'm and I'm kind of laughing that you're not going to be here because I'm, you've been yeah. cold as fuck, New oh, Zealand. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so gutted, man. Nah, I, I rugby man. You yeah. rugby union. Yeah, I will be at the All Blacks <laughs> game, uh, cheering on the Wallabies. But I uh, yeah. I was thinking. Well, I was actually looking forward to this game for the last month until I only realised that I'm not going to be here. Yeah. Um, oh well, I'll have to. I'll talk to you, boy. Hopefully, see him out there. But oh yeah, I'll be playing on the wing. I'll be playing against Joel Selwood. He plays a lot of wing these days, so mm. that that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. No, it should be it should be a cracking it should yeah. be a cracking game. Uh, that's but, it. That's that's yeah. rip through a podcast episode twenty. But um, it was it was, it was sad, man. We didn't get to see you last week, but we put out our twenty two under twenty two, which did really well. It's actually. I don't want to give Harris Andrews a pump up because I think it was just my awesome marketing skills, but that's our best episode <laughs> yet. Oh, stop it. No I know. Way. Move yeah. over Eddie Betts. Move over Lockie Neal. That was, um, and, and we've been getting a lot more traction, so that yeah. probably adds up to it. But yeah. Um, yeah, it was just sad we didn't get to do it last week. We had a lot of talking points last week, but we didn't do it. But if you're not here next week because you're in New Zealand, we will do it over the phone. I can just sit here by myself and talk shit to you oh, through well, this awesome road yeah. uh, mixer. So um, 
Sean Tobin, thanks for coming up today. I know uh, it's a public holiday, so you've Zoomed back home, but I appreciate that. Good luck in New Zealand. I'll talk to you after the Geelong game. Looking forward to it. Have a good one. Thanks, boys. Peace out. Oh. Yeah.